Welcome to the Irish Tech News Podcast, where we will bring you some of the most interesting interviews and features from the world of tech. Visit irishtechnews.ie and check out our podcast section to explore all of our previous episodes. You can subscribe to our podcast using whatever your favourite app or service is by visiting anchor.fm forward slash irish-tech-news. Hi, today on the Irish Tech News Podcast, uh, we have somebody who is, I thought would be a great guest to have on. And, and in doing my homework, uh, I've thoroughly enjoyed the uh, pieces online that I found about him. So first of all, who do we have the pleasure of speaking to today? Um, this is John Hegley, uh, sitting in uh, Hackney in North London uh, on a mild, um, uh, slightly windy day. Awesome. Um, so I guess first up, for those who don't know about you, and now, now while everybody should, when I mentioned a few people I was interviewing you, some people did say, uh, who's John? So would you, how would you explain to people who you are and what it is that you do? Um, I write songs, poems, do drawings and workshops. Um, very interactive performances, I would say. I get people to sing along, move along. Um, I've been doing it since professionally, uh, 1980 and um, do performances for youngsters as well performed on the street um, as a street entertainer which sort of got me into be performing to anybody who came along um, which I'd like to think that what I do has appeal a wide appeal and I think and I'd put that down to the help I got from those early street entertaining days Mm-hmm. And I mean, and, and and this is the thing, I mean, because uh, you have poets, but but you're very much a performance poet as well, uh, uh, aren't you? Would that be a fair observation that it's not just about the poems, it's about uh, performing as well for you? Yeah, I suppose um, maybe the, the phrase performing poet rather than performance poet might be um, possibly a better description because the poems I hope live on the page. But I make them in a different way when um, when I'm performing. Cool. Um, and I guess uh, you were introduced to us recently because uh, we both went to Bradford and they are doing a series of alumni talks. So um, I guess that would be uh, as a way in. Um, what? Uh, how did the talk go? And was it kind of interesting? Was it? Did it feel like almost? I mean, because it's a while since you were at Bradford. So how was it to kind of have gone and then be reflecting on that experience? 30 odd years later well i've never really lost the connection with bradford i go there to perform i've got friends there i feel the connection has been maintained i'm still in touch with my old lecturer cliff slaughter um so that yeah so the connection is was was not uh had didn't have to be taken up again it was already existent um I mean, I suppose the difficult thing about it is doing a performance um, online in this way rather than with an audience. But I was just going to ask you, what what did you do at Bradford? Yeah, so um, I did um, development studies. And so everyone else on the course either had come from the World Bank or places like that or went on to work for the World Bank. But uh, after I went there, I went to the running the bulls in Pamplona and uh, I went to do TEFL afterwards. So, but what is development studies? Yeah, so um, the, the the bit that I was interested in was um, 
that economics should include the cost of water and the air as well. And, and therefore, I think we finally come to understand that things like climate change are not externalities. They're a, a real part of economics. But back then, it was still something that was evolving that you had to include the real cost of what you did when you were assessing things whereas economics would say water and air are free so it's not a cost and therefore development economics was kind of helping to how 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 do we achieve better development in countries in in developing countries in africa and latin america and and the funny thing is is from the theories at bradford that i studied in the 90s uh, a lot of it didn't really work and then the chinese went into africa and have built the infrastructure and uh, helped and encouraged uh, entrepreneurship in ways that, that probably weren't expected at all so so i, th I think we, like africa and asia are booming now and it's really exciting but uh, it wasn't necessarily through the methods advocated when we studied development studies in Bradford in the 90s. So uh, I definitely learned yeah, well, from that's it. An, that's an interesting um, thing that you're saying there about what do we get from our uh, university courses and education. And it might not be exactly what you thought you were going to get. Um, mm -hmm. I mean, I suppose I I got to some extent a, a more political awareness. Um, like I started to read Peace News uh, when I was at Bradford University, and I didn't really have any political awareness. Um, so it's interesting you talking about this political side of um, your studies. Yeah, look, I mean, and actually to, to give you the bigger answer, I had... I'd lived in the US, I'd lived in other countries, and I knew the south of England, and I felt I did not know the north of England very well at all. So simply by being based in Bradford for a year, uh, I came to have a much better appreciation of the northern side of the UK. And, you know, I loved the curries, I loved the, the people we knew were from uh, Pakistan and Afghanistan, uh, and they were playing cricket in the street. So I guess, that, like you say, uncourse related, that, that's what I took away from Bradford. Yeah, that's also the same here. I've got very much um, from the, the the wide cultural mix there. Although I have lived in the places that I'd lived in previously were Bradford, were Bristol and Luton, which also have wide cultural mix, and London, of course, where I was born. So those four places all have that, um, which I'm very grateful for. Because as you say, we learn. We learn so much from it. No, I think you're right. And I guess the one thing about Bradford rather than London would be that, you know, and with the, the previous alumni, uh, Karen Back, uh, we both noted that people said hello to you when you got on and off the bus, which even that. <laughs> so over to you. Yeah, I know. That's, um, I, I worked as a bus conductor in Bristol, actually, for a little while. And um, you, I, I know that one of your questions when we were you were sending me stuff was about how I came what was the line that sort of takes took me into this work I'm doing mm -hmm. and various jobs I've had like being a bus conductor where you're dealing with the public and to some extent performing uh, um, was part of the path there and also I worked in a unit for children who weren't at school and again I was sort of trying to engage them um, so I suppose yeah, in, in, in the performances I do, engagement, I mean, obviously every performer tries to engage their audience. Um, but I suppose mine is in a more physical way. Um, they, as I said earlier, they sing, I get them to dance, I get Baroque dancing on stage. Uh, simple steps, mine, nothing too hard. French Baroque dancing. 
don't, we don't do the arms we just do the feet um it's a shame i can't show you that i could show you that now but it, it would be difficult for you to know what was going on would you, would you say that's drawing from your grandmother uh because i obviously... was just gonna say would you do it anyway <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah my grandmother was a dancer with a folie bergere and um i would say that uh my sister thinks my my sister my dad was in the royal air force my brother was was an aircraft mechanic my sister said to me do you think it was in their dna that they worked on airplanes so i don't know what I'm, my, my my daughter isabella she's a biologist and i haven't talked to her about the, the dna possibilities of this sort of thing um but grandma was a dancer and i like to think that i that i'm a, a, a good mover I, and i and i and I, my credit goes to her I mean, and so uh, we were watching uh, something you did last autumn for the British Museum and in it you did your amoeba one. Um, yes. So, you know, I, I guess that there's a good kind of thread of uh, in, informing, but in an entertaining way. Yeah, that's a, that's a fair point. I think that was, was it the British Library? I think that was. Yes. Yeah. Just in case your technologically advanced listeners want to um, just go and find it. Um, Sorry, what, you, what did you say, Simon? I've forgotten. Uh, well, look, I mean, I guess you're talking about performing, right? And that yeah. you have to. Um, it, like, so if if you were starting out today, um, mm. like, like, so, like, I, I hear you about the bus conductor, because bus conductors, I often did perform. We lived where the 88 began, and I love that, that the, the bus drivers would come out of the pub and then jump on the bus and the conductor would be at the back and there was almost a, a musicality to it, so so I get that. So so in this the eighty eight. Hold on, was that in Bradford? Uh, no, in London. <laughs> Whereabouts the eighty eight? Because the eighty eight is that the the one that was used to be the C two. What 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 is the eighty eight? So that yes, so it it went from kind of Chiswick Acton to Marble Arch. Oh, I don't know that one. See, I always liked it because so do they have bus conductors in your day then? Yes, yes. <laughs> I, 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 either I'm not that young or I'm not that old. And obviously, <laughs> Ian, Ian, Ian Jury included it in Hit Me With Your Rhythm, rhythm Stick. Right. Oh, I didn't know that. Two, uh, yeah, bus yeah, bus conducting. Yeah, uh, so that was, uh, yeah, all, all those. Uh, yeah, I mean, it was, well, it's like you don't have to perform as a bus conductor, do you? But the guy, a chap, we had a chap on the 73 who was very much a performer. We had, well, there was one on the 38 who was famous for his harmonica playing. Um, he used to play the harmonica on the 38. Mm -hmm. um, so, okay, yeah, uh, I remember cycling behind a bus and someone throwing a light bulb out of it at me. So I guess that's maybe why they stopped having the open doors at the back, you know. How many bus conductors does it take, take to change a light bulb? Well, none if there aren't any light bulbs left. <laughs> so okay it's fine uh it's all good if um <laughs> if if you were starting out today uh what, what would you do would you do it on tiktok or instagram or twitter yeah, or i mean i don't know what even what tiktok is it's like video performance no like, well like i don't know i mean okay i guess i would i guess i would go into all these modern I, I suppose I would. It's an interesting thought. I would, I'm sure, pick up these the modern. I, it's possible. I, I mean, I've been speaking to my partner Mel about possibly because I do a lot of drawings. Possibly trying to put some of my drawings on Instagram. But I mean, as you'll have noticed by looking at what I have is as a presence, it's kind of quite antiquated te technology-wise. Um, but Instagram looks as though it might be a possibility. 
but for the moment, anyway, it is a poem because this is a, this is a little poem I wrote about instructions for um, beginning, and it's called Holy Orders. Holy Orders, be sharp, be blunt, hunt out the fox of your own vox popular, be jocular, be ocular, however much they mocular, be rigorous, irregular, but don't go being negular, whip away the rugular from being smugly smugular when going for the jugular, refrain from being ugular, enlighten and surprise, put a sparkle in the eyes and a few quid in your pocket. Awesome. Very nice. Um, with, with you reading that, um, I would then wonder, um, what are your influences and favorite poems? And I remember seeing uh, Linton Quizzy Johnson. I mean, were those kind of guys influences or, or who are your influences? Yeah, it was brilliant to see Linton Quizzy Johnson. I saw him in 1985 um, and at the Elephant Fair. And he was, I just thought, dignity um, from the heart and looking smart. <laughs> looking cool as well um and then john cooper clark before that and then uh the, the first poem at school that really got me was a very rhythmic thing uh, called tarantella by hilaire belloc which has a bit that goes um and the cheers and the jeers of the young muleteers who hadn't got a penny and who weren't paying any and the hammer at the doors and the din and the hip-hop hap of the clap of the hands to the twirl and the swirl of the girl gone chancing, glancing, dancing, backing and advancing, snapping of the clapper to the spin, out and in. Mr Brennan taught us that. And Tom Brennan. And uh, it it was an entrancing thing, but it, it didn't, I, I didn't get pick, I picked up and there was nobody if if somebody had said to me you can go on a course because I, I i sometimes run courses for children i was 10 then 10 year olds and um, if somebody had said to me you can go on a course to to write some poetry and do some cooking i mean i'd have loved to have done that but i didn't get that opportunity so i so it was another eight years before i really sort of came back to poetry after that mm -hmm. um in, in in, in in various uh, performances that uh, I've been watching of, of you doing, you often seem to have a book to hand, and mm. uh, some of your poems are are, are very short uh, and succinct. So, are you, are you often uh, dashing off uh, new poems and new uh, utterances? I like the utterance word. I think that's very important. What you just said, that word, utterances. Funny. I mean, I say to people when in writing exercises people say things they say i want to write about this and they'll, they'll say something i'll say write that down because that was what you said then was was really amazing and utterances is a very important thing that you said that word um again i've forgotten where we were um I guess it just seems uh, that you're often composing is that a, a fair yeah, observation yeah, I, I, I suppose, I, I suppose I mean, I suppose in a way I try to stop myself because you can just keep doing it all the time. I mean, obviously, it's not you can't complain about that because it's nice to be able to have the urge. But I think um, sometimes you've got to have the a bit like what you were talking about earlier. You've got to have a little bit of the administrative side as well, haven't you? You've got to administrate this stuff to some extent. Um, so there is that as well. But I'm fortunate at the moment in that influences do come and I see something around and I want to make something creative out of it. 
Yeah, and I guess it's 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 a bit like I guess uh, songwriters too that you have a kind of book where you you grab scraps of ideas and then mm. you you pull them back when you have the right place to, to yeah that's them right out. that's right yeah there's yeah scrap bits of bits and bobs here and there um like an odds and ends draw that you pull them out and you can you know put them together i mean i suppose that's the gift one has is that you can put these things together and make something out of them yeah and it's a constant working reworking um what what tips would you give to those uh people starting out now i guess would you um would you uh warn them off it or or is it still a a a a, a good thing to go into and and what advice would you give people well i think my my, my partner's a teacher at the royal college of art and um she said she said when she was teaching undergraduates he said that you 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 you're an artist for three years. You, you you may not be so when you you might not be it for the rest of your life, but for these three years you are an artist. And I think I I did think that was a wonderful thing to say. Um, it's not necess it's not necessary about be it being a career. I I can't give careers advice. I, I'm not a careers advisor. <laughs> But, I, but but be let your creativity flow give yourself a chance to play around with ideas and play around with ideas with somebody else read poems to each other is a wonderful thing that i've found during this last 14 months over the phone reading poems to each other has been a wonderful thing uh listening listening just listening to other people's poems other people's choices um ask people about book ask people about books that they've read um, a, a friend of mine, Martin Petley, he he we, we hadn't been in touch for ages, and he he he, he rang me up and said, "I oh, read this book. What book would you recommend for me?" And I, I recommended the the letters of John Keats, actually. Um, yeah, ask ask somebody what book they'd recommend. Read them a poem. I, I start start simple. Mm -hmm. Look, I mean, I think so. And and to be honest, uh, if someone else hands me a book i kind of prioritize reading that because i figure if they've taken the trouble to give it to me then it, it, it's 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 a strong validation you've already got an investment in it i mean yeah. that's I, my father rec recommended rider haggard to me now i'm i, I don't know if i'm going to like rider haggard but i've already got a big investment in that book because my dad read it yeah i think so yeah yeah um with with your poem uh luton to crouton um it's is that transition both uh not when, it's, when it happens uh is, is being an outsider actually part of the creative process because you're kind of observing and looking at things and therefore you know being taken out of luton and having the point of understanding what a crouton is is both a, yeah. a growth pain but also uh, valuable too yeah, I mean, I think I, ideally you're an insider and an outsider, uh, um, and on the edge in between. Um, obviously, being outside it, outside of things. I mean, I suppose I've come inside now. I mean, you know, I have a university degree, and um, my 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 brother didn't have that opportunity. He was funny. He was saying to me at the weekend. He said it wasn't a question. You might go, or you might not go. You just didn't go. <laughs> when he was young he's young he's eight years older than me mm -hmm. um so i've i'm very grateful for that opportunity and um 
so I suppose I am, although I'm, I, I, I'm not fully inside now, I, although I've been at university, I'm, I suppose I'm still a little, I still feel a little bit awkward in some situations. Yeah, and but I think that's almost the good thing too, because then you're, you're looking at it and considering it and uh, coming up with interesting observations on things that you wouldn't if you just felt that it was something that you were seamlessly part of. Or just worrying about not fitting in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's funny though. I mean, it's it's that thing between imposter syndrome and and yeah, you know, like uh, I find I'm curious, but I think curiosity is actually good. And a lot of people are incurious, and and you lose by not being curious. Yes, I suppose that. In, uh, I suppose that going back to your earlier question what in terms of advice be curious is a is a good piece of advice in terms of creativity and generally um so like and so you've been quite creative during the lockdown uh, and found new ways to express yourself going going forwards um do you think you're going to go back to what you did or are you going to have a blended way of um you know being john hegley which how do you think you'll um, do it well, I think the, the Zoom the Zoom workshops that I've done have been marvellous, I've got to say, and having little devices, I've worked out little ways of being interactive uh, in, in, in Zoom workshops, which has been quite um, a happy experience. Um, I didn't have a computer previously. I used to use the computers in the library. So 14 months ago, I bought a computer, the first one I've ever had. Um, I don't know most of the things that it can do, but I'm doing this, which mm -hmm. I wouldn't know how to do it because I just had to press some buttons. But I didn't know how to do italics previously. Um, somebody recommended to me um, Radio Garden, which actually maybe some of your highly tech folk may not know themselves. It's an incredible facility. It means you can listen to any radio station in the world. Okay. And on that, I heard... Um, and as I said, I may try and get, get some Instagram stuff going. So there will be, there will, there has been a shift, but I'm looking forward to getting back to workshops in a room and performances in a room um, and in schools. But I did get, when I was listening to Radio Garden, my dad was French and I listened to a lot of French radio and I listened to um, some French stations and I heard this rock riff. I thought this is fantastic, and I worked out the chords and made a folk version of it. So I'm just getting my cavaquinho now, so coming off the mic a little bit. And um, so I'll sing you this song about. So I'm writing about John Keats at the moment, and um, this is a song I wrote about John Keats uh, using that riff. But I think it's um, different enough for me to uh, say it's my own style. But I'm very grateful to that, and I don't. I'd like some credit because I do try to credit where possible. But I can't, I don't know what the name of the band was who were playing it. Uh, but if you want to, you can imagine a full band line up behind this. Junkie, junk, junkie, junkie. One of the things is you can't, I don't want to sing too loud to annoy everybody. So I'm still, so I'm, good, I'm looking forward to getting my voice back. Junkie, junk, junkie, when he could, then he would go. To see Fanny, his sister, who lived in Walthamstow. No North London line to help him go. On his way to Walthamstow. 
John Keats, man of poetry and family and love and nature, do complain if chillblains give you woe. And if you're living low on love, then please do let me know, and I will come a-running, or at least a-walking sprightly via Tottenham and Hornsea, last stop Walthamstow. Awesome. Oh, I loved it. Oh, thanks. Um, when we were um, doing our homework and we watched you singing some songs, uh, I felt in some ways that you, on on stage you kind of seemed like a cross between Alan Rickman and Billy Bragg. Uh, what would your take <laughs> be on that? Um, uh, Billy Rickman. <laughs> Indeed. Well, it's not an it's a it's a it's a compliment thank you cool <laughs> you can muse on that one <laughs> um okay so i have a i have one question uh, which is uh what should i have asked you um was, was there something that you wanted us to cover in relation to um what you performed in the bradford talk Well, the thing about that was, I suppose, the difference was that it was a visual, there was a visual component. Um, so it's very interesting, the difference between the visual and the audio. Um, I The last project, the big project that I did was an arm Arts Council, uh, Arts Council of England fund, funded project, which was for getting youngsters. And we did Brad, some Bradford youngsters to look at paintings and to respond to them. And I have thought that, yeah, but that's all very visual related. And I, I want to move to something that is audio or to even just touch for people who might be limited to just touching things and responding to those. So, um, yeah, in terms of moving forward, that's definitely something that I felt because it was fantastic. And I still want to do responding to paintings and works of art, but I'd like to move forward um to certainly audio responses to audio and responses as a tactile feeling feeling stuff yeah feeling stuff uh, and when i was working in the children's theater company soapbox theater in uh, 1979 um alan black drama advisor in redbridge said to us he says your interactive stuff he said it's fantastic all the things you do you get the kids rowing a boat to america and all this he said but don't forget that you can participate emotionally. And I thought that was a fantastic thing. And I try to remember that. And and as I say, seeing Linton Quasi Johnson, um, I hope I remember to get people to participate emotionally. Um, I, I, I saw, I think it was uh, oh, John Agard once, and he was stepping through the words as he performed. Um, so like you say, that it's that blend of word, sound and movement. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think there's, there's why. Yeah, why not dance the poems? I I have a last question for you. But did you did you want to ask me another question, uh, or did you ask the question that you wanted to ask? Well, I was wanted to know your Bradford connection when when we came to that. Um, you're you you're you're in you're on an island that I've never heard of. It sounds amazing. It sounds amazing. The festival that you have there, um, storytelling. I wanted to ask you about that. 
Yeah, look, so uh, that festival uh, was created by an American couple that moved here in the 90s. And for 23 years, maybe it was physical. And they had a good approach that you'd have one poet from the north, one poet from the south, one poet from the Americas and one poet from somewhere else. And so it was quite uh, culturally balanced. And they would also, I think the gender mix they'd work on, that it would be two and two of featured poets and then with a lot of other performance uh, storytellers too. Uh, so uh, I think that worked quite well, that you, ha you always got someone different coming. It wasn't just the same people performing. Um, and it's just been last year. And I think this year it's obviously had to be virtual. Whereas before you had a real mini campus vibe about, about it, where there'd be four or five locations, maybe six or seven, and people would trape. The island's only three, two miles long, really, for the bit they walk around. And they would walk between places mostly. And it was funny, they'd come in cloaks and purple gowns. And, you know, it was a, I don't know if you've ever been to Lewis, but Lewis in, yeah. in Sussex has a, a pub where people will do D&D &D reenactment and they'll come with these horns and they'll get their horns filled up with mead or beer and and so it was a bit like that that the audience were almost as interesting as the performers uh on the island so i guess anthropologically i kind of like that as well um as well as just just sitting down and being told stories too um so it is on in a couple of months but it will be virtual whereas normally it would be digital uh, be physical so i mean I, I in some ways i'm surprised they haven't asked you to be at it really um well perhaps you, you don't know maybe it might happen now Simon. so look talking about mm -hmm. irish performances um in, in ireland this is a poem about that this is called left-footed poem my left foot at football was my least good being as my right foot was bad this meant that my left foot was very bad there were occasions though when a combination of self-belief and bravado had me use my very bad foot with thunderous accuracy on one occasion in kilkenny during a match between comedians ireland against the rest of the world we the non-irish were an embarrassing seven two down when the ball came whizzing my way and I had an impulse to play the left-footed dilettante, and the ball flew emphatically, unstoppably beyond the reach of the flailing goalkeeper, my own goalkeeper. And I took ownership of that goal instead of feeling small. I celebrated what I had done. We were, after all, comedians. <laughs> very nice. Uh, <laughs> very good, very good um are there was it was there any other poems you wanted to read um well i thought i i, I did i did mark out the um oh i did i thought we, you you could do these um perhaps try doing these riddles you could answer them simon are you ready i can only try okay sure. what am i i fly i slip by i get wasted what am i you fly, you sit yeah. by. A, bo a bar of soap. Uh, time. Time flies, time slips by, time gets wasted. Two in a person, two in a lemur. I'm pulling your leg, for I'm your... Lever. Femur. Femur. I see you're struggling <laughs> with these. Okay, look, so the clue, there's a rhyming clue sometimes, okay? Are you ready? Mm-hmm. Yep. What am I? 
I flap, I fold, I often stand in sand, I rhyme with neck hair. I'm a deck chair. Yeah, absolutely right. And lastly, not a rhyming clue, but clues there are. I am alone, I am on the rocks. I am able to shed light for others, but deep inside me there is a darkness. I am a lighthouse. Depressed. I am depressed. Oh. <laughs> One out of three. Oh, that's not bad. One out of four. Oh. <laughs> oh no, two out of four. It's a movable feast. We didn't do maths. Neither of us did maths at university. No. No. We're struggling with work it out, aren't we? Economics, the dismal science. But what we did was we worked it out together. The what economics, the dismal science, did you say? Uh, that's what they call it, yeah. Wow. I like that. <laughs> I think I would agree. Um, John, it's been a pleasure to talk to you. How can people learn more about you and your work? Um, well, I, I have a website and um, um, there are some books and um, there are things on the internet. Um, and I'm hopefully doing a few shows in the autumn. Which we'll, we we can't be sure yet, but I'm hoping to be out there. And I haven't been performing in Ireland for a long time, so that'd be nice. Cool. Look, I mean, and and things are changing quickly. I mean, it, it you know they are rolling out events uh, and gigs, so uh, it does become more of a pos a prospect. Yeah, I'm doing the Bradford Literature Festival, which I'm really happy about, and I've been writing a piece to. Today, what I've been writing is a piece to perform with some for the for the ten-year-olds in the school in the schools in Bradford. Um, so I've been making some paper birds, um, which has been and they don't I, I could, they don't fly very well, but um, I, I think I'm thinking that we can make mobiles out of them, put a thread through them and hang them. Mm -hmm. Yes. Uh, once once when there was a poetry competition that we. Uh built the sets for in Dublin called Lovely as a Tree and, and every poem was in effect a leaf for the trees so no. I think that could work yeah so yeah I mean it's really a fantastic thing when you get the 26 or 30 children however many there are put their put their piece there and every kid's thing makes it like if, if I'm doing a flock of guillemots uh, uh, you need the flock. You need every kid, all the kids' stuff to make the flock, and every kid, every kid is part of it. Yes, yeah, very much so. And I would imagine, do you do you enjoy working with kids because it kind of keeps you playful and open? Yeah, I mean, it's 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 nice when there's um, they're they're there with parents or caring people, um, people who look after them. It's really nice then um because they can share share something um and i hope that you know because i do this professionally and i could hope i can push them into an area where they sort of oh that's nice and we can go and do a bit more of that good 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 yeah uh i don't know if it's the rain here you know but uh cool look um so oh, yeah, oh, let me, yeah, i was a poem in french talking of the rain it's about rouen when i was in rouen okay. 
So when I when I work with the, the youngsters, I mean, I'm looking forward to working with with the Bradford children because you've got so many languages, and um, so we're going to do acrostics for the word bird in I'm hoping Urdu um, and Bengali and as well as bird and wazo, wazo the French. Anyway, so this is about being in in. Uh, you mentioned rain. This is about being in France uh, when it rains. And just like with that, uh, you might not understand the poem fully, but hopefully there is music in the language, just like there was with Hilaire Belloc. When they, I didn't know what a muleteer was, but I didn't need to. It, it just got me. It just hit, hit me. Uh, uh, la pluie, la pluie, le parapluie, samedi à vendredi, et si vous n'aimez pas la pluie, on n'est pas très bien choisi. Merci. Awesome. Lovely. Yeah. And umbrellas are in that parapluie, yeah? We, oui. we, oui. okay. Um, merci beaucoup, John. Uh, it's been a pleasure merci talking to you. Simon. Irlande. Merci. Thank you for listening to the latest Irish Tech News podcast. Check back every day for the latest episode. You can follow us on Twitter at Irish underscore Tech News on Facebook. Facebook.com forward slash Irish Tech News. On LinkedIn, LinkedIn.com forward slash company forward slash Irish dash tech dash news. On Instagram, Instagram.com forward slash Irish Tech News dot IE. And on TikTok, TikTok.com forward slash at Irish Tech News.